Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We are just 49 days until the all-important midterm elections. And of course, taking the national stage, center stage, what's happening in Pennsylvania. I'll get into this and you'll hear about what the Fetterman campaign is now doing. They're doing a quite a reversal, trying to mitigate or clarify past statements by Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, who allegedly is going to be up, uh, you know, debating Dr. Mehmet Oz, who's a Republican. We'll talk about Dr. Oz as well. He was in Kensington. And a little risky, if you want to ask me. In other words, there were TV crews from local stations invited. And Dr. Oz is is in Kensington talking to to people who are suffering with addiction and actually talks to people into heading with him to an addiction, a rehab center. And I, I think it made for some good television. So we'll, you'll hear about that as well. And we also have new developments on this school bus crash this morning. Apparently a school bus collided with an SUV. Children were on board. So we're, we have reports now from West Philadelphia of the school bus crash, which we hate to hear of, but multiple people injured, including students, according to police, after this collision between a school bus as well as another vehicle in West Philadelphia happened this morning, South 52nd and Spruce Streets. The bus and an SUV colliding in front of a big George's stop and dine. There is surveillance video of it showing that collision. It's still under investigation, but we're told that um, multiple children from uh, multiple students were injured, taken to a hospital, as well as a bus attendant and the driver. And so we have Children's Hospital of Philadelphia treating some of those kids. It does not sound, thank goodness, like any were life-threatening, but we're getting to the bottom of that as um, there was a school bus accident. I talked about it on Zioli Zioli Show News Live this morning, so I wanted to update you on that one as well. And another update that I've continued talking about is what happened. This is bizarre. This huge explosion in the suburbs in Pottstown. And remember, um, killing a grandmother, killing four children, and that explosion happened a little over four months ago. Deadly home explosion. And finally, 
the homeowners in the surrounding homes who were evacuated and not even allowed to go back into their homes to grab items or or to get inspectors to go. Finally, they were allowed for the first time in four months to start the cleanup and get contractors, get investigators of their own to figure out what happened and what caused that. We still don't have any definitive answers here. And so these homeowners, many of them living there for, you know, 15 plus years, um, are trying to deal with the aftermath and, and figure out what in the world to do. I did report to you that PICO officials had said they did not provide gas service to the house that exploded, but did have investigators on the scene. So the question is, why did they have service in the area? And you may remember it was it was stormy. It was late May. It was springtime. And so that that as well had slowed some of that early progress and investigation. But it's weird to me that we have a deadly you know, explosion and we still don't have the answers. And these poor people, I mean, I can't even imagine. And speaking of which, you know, when we think about what's going on in, in Puerto Rico right now, uh, unthinkable. And I, I don't know. I just think of what if a different administration... Uh, we're handling the situation. What would the media coverage be like? So you have, what, a million and a half people, the amount of people we have in the city of Philadelphia uh, in a flood-ravaged, hurricane-ravaged area where we know that this has turned deadly and some, many people without running water, and that leads to issues with dysentery, landslides. I mean, it's a devastating situation from all accounts. We have a huge Puerto Rican community here in our area, and I know many people from faith-based organizations, churches, volunteers, people are sending items, people are going to volunteer. As well, we have first responders headed from our region to help out in Puerto Rico. And the latest on Fiona, which is the name of the hurricane, is that it's a Category 4 and that it barreled through Turks and Caicos. So we have that going on. And that's a developing story. But yeah, Category 3 storm moving through Turks and Caicos, which is a, I've never been there, but it's gorgeous. I have friends who've vacationed there, but obviously British territory, uh, the island there that it had moved through. So they, the government had imposed a curfew urging people to flee the flood prone areas and the entire region, including the Dominican Republic, as well as Puerto Rico is still dealing with heavy rainfall, something like two feet of rain since uh, the weekend. So just, oh, what a nightmare. So a lot of prayers for them as well. And we have as well, do we have sound on the policeman's trial, Matt? Okay. We are on a, you know, verdict watch as we know that the, the case of a Philadelphia police officer, and this is a real first, with a responding officer, a suspect who did not pull over immediately, fit a suspect's description, in fact, was not the person they were searching for, but fled reportedly from police and ultimately an, a policeman charged with initially first degree murder. Then it was downgraded to third degree murder. And now this officer finds out his fate, his fate in the hands of a Philadelphia jury. So we're following that one for you very carefully. And I don't think we've seen this kind of 
this kind of a charge, this level of a charge where other officers seem to be supporting, you know, supporting uh, the the officer, the charged officer who was fired. Other officers say that, yes, there was reason to fear for their lives. And so that now is on a, a jury verdict watch. It's very concerning when you think about this. We have updated information and some good news with regard to three of the officers who were injured during that blast, that accidental uh, blast during a training at at SCI Phoenix there in Montgomery County. We know that two of the officers still remain hospitalized this morning, but at least three others, thank goodness, are recovering at home. So I told you about this as breaking news last Thursday. And uh, a total of five law enforcement officers were injured in that accident during a training exercise. So the FBI, state police, among those still investigating, this is important training, but it's dangerous training. It's a reminder how dangerous their jobs are and even the training, yes, puts them in danger. So yeah, the investigation into exactly what happened, that continues. But the good news here is that two, uh, actually three, three law enforcement members have been released from the hospital. Two of them, I have their names, Montgomery County Bob Squad Corporal Tim Metz and Corporal Andrew Noto. They're recovering home from the hospital this morning. That's great news. Um, they've suffered injuries when that bomb placed in a vehicle during the training purposes exploded prematurely. So that's the latest. But I don't have the conditions of the two officers who remain hospitalized other than they did suffer shrapnel injuries, head injuries, and quite serious injuries. And how about Morristown, New Jersey? I talked about that school bus accident in Philadelphia, but in Morristown, New Jersey, police in Burlington County, uh, they're looking for these suspects who got away with nine catalytic converters from school buses. And these are those smaller, shorter school buses who generally serve the most vulnerable students. That's who's affected here. And so law enforcement saying, why did these thieves target in particular these buses? And giving the insinuation that, I don't know, could they up the charges and say that they they were targeting these buses to somehow, I don't know, target vulnerable students? That would be an interesting added charge, would it not? But it's just, you know, kids have been through so much with regard to the pandemic and all the shutdowns. And certainly students in our area have endured some of the strictest school shutdowns during the pandemic in the nation. So they're back to school and we've seen school bus driver shortages as well. And so now you have this on top of everything. So they released some surveillance video they know what they know that they were looking for some kind of a white utility van, and that is under investigation. Hi, I'm Dawn Stensland. You can find me at twi- on Twitter at Dawn Stensland. Matt, do you want to go to some sound? I know we were working on some technical issues, but what do we want to go to first? Nope. Go to a commercial break. We have a lot of sound. You're going to hear what the Fetterman campaign, what their new strategy is. Why? Because apparently people care more about crime and keeping criminals behind bars, which is the antithesis of what one Lieutenant 
Governor John Fetterman wants. And you'll hear from a police widow. She's speaking out and blasting Fetterman and others. The Dawn Show continues right after this. I had to go get another cup of coffee. Do you know my husband, Larry Menti, brings me coffee every morning, like four in the morning. Bless his heart. Thank you, Matt. Ooh, show sheet hot off the press. I had to go get another cup of coffee because we sat as a family and watched the game last night. Home opener. Rich Cioli was there. Lucky Rich. I didn't get an invitation. But uh, did you guys go? Did anybody go? Anybody go? Season tickets? Bill Kornfeld, who left us for, I don't know, greater things or whatever, but Bill and his dad, we always loved hearing how he and his dad have had tickets for years and years and years. But what an awesome game. I mean, it was just joyous, and I made a ton of good food. I was just cooking up a storm. Made it, I made filet mignon and mac and cheese and sweet potatoes because it's like fall. I know, right? And then we had leftover ice cream cake from David's birthday. There is nothing better. Ice cream cake is the best. I know, I'm sorry. But it was just, I don't know, it was just joyful. It was just so nice to just sit together. And I always think to myself, you got to cherish the moment because life is fleeting. And we're all hectic and stressed. We've got this economic news, especially for a news person. I'm always, you know, look at what's happening. We have the Fed, Federal Reserve. They're meeting today and tomorrow. You know it's going to be bad news. It's all It's always bad news. So it's just the Philadelphia Eagles and hopefully the Phils tonight. But the Eagles, I think, bring us so much joy. We need, we need sports and we need winning sports teams. Mm. Oh, coffee's so good. Sorry. Excuse me. I just had to take that moment. You know, speaking of coffee, there's a new study on coffee. And, you know, for a morning show, I can't even believe I didn't do this. I forgot to do it on the Rich Zioli show. But this new study is talking about coffee. They always say it's good for you. And then I always look, who sponsored this thing? But no, seriously, three and four coffee drinkers cannot go a single day without their cup of joe. So this is a new poll of thousands of coffee drinking Americans. And the average Java junkie, as I call myself, enjoys two cups a day, and needs 21 minutes to finish each cup. Okay, these these are slow. These are the lesser coffee drinkers, I'm just going to say, because I guzzle my coffee and I start at four in the morning and I continue until, usually I'm done by now, but, you know, game night last night, so there's my excuse. But how much time do you need to finish each cup? 21 minutes. And refuses to pay more than three bucks for a regular sized Cafe brew. So among those polled, the most popular ways to brew coffee are via drip coffee, 19%, espresso, 16%, cold brew, which in the summer is delicious, and then a pour over, 13%. So 45% feel coffee has become more popular across the nation over the past three years due to coffee related trends. That's, uh, yeah, 48%, remote working, 47%, and working overtime. And by the way, 
43% use, put in their coffee, chocolate. They put a little chocolate in there. Or eat bread, cheese, and fruit to pair with your coffee. Fruit with your coffee? I don't know about that one. Nah, I'm not going with that. But I drink on an empty stomach all morning long, which is why I needed ice cream cake last night during the game. All right, Matt DeSantis, tell me where you want to go. We have so much. We have the Fetterman campaign walking back comments he made, uh, calling for the release of all second-degree murderers from Pennsylvania's prison because, you know, that's not a great idea during a a crime spike. Like, that's a no-brainer. Then we have Dr. Oz trying to help out um, people who are addicted to drugs. We have, I mean, it's just like 100 pages that Matt prepares. Where do you want to go? Let's start with uh, the NBC 10 News report. Uh, Dr. Oz was in Kensington yesterday talking about um, the opioid epidemic and how it's uh, impacted communities. You want to go that route? Yes. All right. Let's hear from Dr. Oz. Go back to Jersey! In Germantown, a clash of Pennsylvania's Senate race. Every day, people is dying and getting killed. Sheila Armstrong talking about the crime and violence in the city as protesters held handmade signs about abortion and argued... Our democracy is on the line. Inside, Senate candidate Dr. Mehmet Oz had convened what his campaign called a safer streets community discussion, where Armstrong shared the story of losing both her brother, who was shot on his porch, and a nephew. My nephew at the time of his murder was only 14 years old. I'm honestly angry and fed up with the system. I'm fed up with the system that is playing playing politics with the lives of us that live in these communities. The event coincided with Oz's release of a pamphlet appealing to black voters, advocating for eliminating taxes on Social Security, investments to lower food costs, mentioning Philadelphia rapper Meek Mill's legal case, and saying people should not be arrested for smoking marijuana, but violent criminals should be prosecuted. A Democratic lawmaker from the area sat in on the panel and ripped it up on the way out, later calling Oz a fraud. Oz then made a stop in Kensington, meeting with a barbershop owner and interacting with people in a park known for drug use. This is an emergency. I asked Oz about something not in the plan he put out today. One thing that that your plan does not talk about uh, is guns, gun violence. What can voters expect from you on that? Would you oppose any additional gun restrictions? Well, we have a new gun law. And I'd like to see what happens with it. I'm happy that we have a lot of money for mental health in there. And that's a big problem for violence way beyond guns. Uh, but I tell you, most of the violence, the gun, the, uh, the murders that are happening in Philadelphia are caused by unlicensed guns, guns that, that are being used by kids who are under the age of 18, uh, by people who are having mental health issues and should never have been able to get a gun. And I, I would focus on that primarily. And There's how do you do that? How do you, how do you address the access to guns in general from people who should not have them? It's become pretty easy for, for evil people to transport guns illegally into this area and sell them to underage kids. And the crimes that are that they're facing don't, aren't enough, apparently, because the, the business is increasing. We have got to get illegal guns out of the hands of people who are not constitutionally allowed to own them. I think this coverage was a win for Dr. Oz. You know, I think that this is a situation where somebody who is a Republican who traditionally would not maybe expect votes in a place like Kensington or the city of Philadelphia. He feels like, no, I'm going there. I'm a doctor. 
I'm going to talk with people. I'm going to meet with people one-on-one and have this smaller meeting. I think this is a good strategy. And I think that the coverage was fair. And yeah, she asked him a question about guns, but I think he answered it well. That the problem here is that the perps are getting younger and younger. True. And that these are not... (laughs) legally licensed gun owners, which we all know. The other piece of this that I think is important to understand is that in the African-American community in cities across America, not just Philadelphia, uh, you know, people people don't want to be prohibited from protecting themselves. When you're a city resident, and I don't care what your ethnicity is, you feel like you want to be able to protect yourself. Because why? We have skyrocketing crime rates, not just carjackings, armed robberies, um, you know, 388 homicides as of midnight last night, 388 people murdered in the city of Philadelphia. And we're on track to set a record higher than last year's record setting number of homicides. And that's just one of the crime stats that's record setting. So People want to protect themselves in the city. And so he's certainly going after that constituency and thinking, maybe I can, you know, pick up votes, let people meet me and understand what I'm all about. I think it's a good strategy, and I think he received some good coverage. You can let me know your thoughts. 855-839-1210 is the number to call. But I have to say, the news from Cooper Health Cooper University Health uh, was terrific yesterday. A real win for our area. $2 billion in expansions of the Cooper campus. This means jobs, not just medical jobs, but think about it. This this would mean construction jobs. They're going to build these huge facilities, I believe three buildings in total. But let's listen in. This is NBC News reporting, including... Some real big names, national names, but certainly local names. Obviously, former Governor Chris Christie, Governor Phil Murphy, as well as Representative Donald Norcross. Listen in. Cooper University Healthcare will soon be opening many more doors leading to optimal health and professions in the healthcare sector. Imagine $2 billion, the largest single capital private sector investment in the history of the region and perhaps the state of New Jersey. Hospital executives announcing today that they will break ground in 2023 to add three new buildings to its Camden footprint. Cooper is South Jersey's only level one trauma unit. It's also a teaching hospital. A hospital and a medical school are not monolithic buildings in the landscape. They are true engines for Camden's growth. They provide jobs for city residents. They attract investment to this city. Governor Murphy shared the stage today with his predecessor, Governor Christie, both recognized for the work they contributed to the city's overall safety, growth, and opportunity. We've created an atmosphere now in this city that allows people to believe that they can not only live here, but they can work here and they can prosper here. A second phase of the decade-long expansion will create more than 100 new private hospital rooms. When it's all said and done, Cooper will have 745 beds. Cooper was the hospital responsible for coordinating with other South Jersey hospitals the regional response to COVID-19, where testing and vaccines were concerned. If you couldn't get here, they went out into the communities to make sure that people 
felt safe that they could deliver that incredibly important life-saving health care. So great news from our region. By the way, I had tweeted out some pictures of Governor Phil Murphy. I don't know if you saw the latest because he obviously got those um, hair implants and got a makeover. I mean, it looks great, but it's a, it's a new look for Governor Phil Murphy. So I tweeted that out. You can tell me what you think. It's not somebody said, oh, he, he just styled it differently. No, no, no. It was. But these these implants for men nowadays are amazing. And they're not the old plugs. Like, remember back in the day when then Senator Joe Biden had the plugs and people made fun of him. It's it's really incredible in any event. You know what else is incredible? You know who else has been expanding and growing their business? My friends from Piazza Premium Automobiles. Yeah, if you're in the market for a new or certified vehicle, you can always turn to my friends from the Piazza Auto Group. They're always here to assist you with all of your automotive needs. And Piazza Premium Automobiles, they have brands such as Land Rover, Jaguar, Porsche, Mercedes-Benz, Alfa Romeo, and Maserati dealerships in Pennsylvania, as well as Northern Delaware. Just check them out online, PiazzaPremiumAutos.com for a location nearest you. P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. Tell them Dawn sent you. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We've been following the latest with the investigation by Pennsylvania's lawmakers into why Philadelphia's crime has surged. And they created a panel, bipartisan panel, as you well know by now, with subpoena power. And they wanted transparency from the city of Philadelphia's district attorney, Larry Krasner. And they wanted documents. They wanted to know what was going on, why the convictions and some of the more serious charges dropped and that sort of thing. Krasner initially had filed something last week and filed court you know, papers saying, no, he didn't have to, and that he would defy the subpoena, that he would not comply, saying that it was a violation of the civil rights of Philadelphians who voted for him. Well, now there is word that Krasner says, uh, said Monday, yesterday, that his office is partially 
complying with a subpoena issued by this legislative panel that is, and the inquirer, as they report, the panel is, quote unquote, hunting for grounds to impeach him. And he has called it dirty politics during an election year. However, again, bipartisan, and you have to think about that, that you have lawmakers who are Democrats who say, well, we would like to know more. We would like to see more transparency. And perhaps this kind of investigation could lead us to figure out how to get criminals off the streets and how to stop this crime surge. And so ultimately, you know, Krasner has been feeling the heat on this one. The Pennsylvania House had taken the it was an unusual step of voting to hold Krasner in contempt. Yes. For refusing to comply with the subpoena. And they requested his office's policies on a variety of matters. It's records on a criminal investigation into a former police officer. And that vote was not split along party lines necessarily. So there were dozens of Democrats in Pennsylvania's legislature who sided with the GOP, with Republicans. And so, you know, I think that makes a statement that there's bipartisan support to say, hey, what's wrong with examining the policy, examining what's happening here? So this letter, uh, you know, Krasner's lawyer sent the letter, wrote that their objections, uh, you know, to the probe still stand. However, they're sharing with the committee on policies, um, you know, on his policies, in other words. So we have a spokesperson for the House Republicans confirming the panel received, quote, a number of documents from Krasner's office that they're going to review to determine whether or not they are responsive to the actual subpoena. And uh, they're calling on Krasner to drop his lawsuit, recognize the legitimacy of the select committee. And you hear the wording here, right? Don't defy the, the subpoena. And you should recognize the legitimacy of a government committee. So there's some irony in the wording that maybe we can all pick up on. But they, they hope that Krasner would partner with the state and local officials to keep Pennsylvanians safe and enforce our laws. So the committee has scheduled these hearings to take place over two days next week in Philadelphia. And Krasner said he will testify if invited. So the name of this select committee, it's a legislative committee, bipartisan. It's called Restoring Law and Order. And yes, it was it formed over the summer to investigate the DA's office, Krasner's office, its handling of rising crime rates in Philadelphia. And they point out that most of the backers are largely from outside of Philadelphia, but that's no longer true. So in other words, Philadelphia Democrats initially did not did not put this forward. But now that it's happening and you heard from Representative Amon Brown on the Zioli show last week, now that it's created, you do have, you know, local Democrats on this select committee and they want to be able to ask questions. They want to know and they want transparency. So Krasner said in yesterday's news conference that any efforts to investigate his office, that it's all political and it does not come from an actual concern for dealing with crime. Because, you know, none of us who live here or work here or visit here 
um, care about crime. We, you know, what a bogus, out of touch statement. But um, it, it's it's a shame that he continues to play that political game because I think it would be better for him and it's smart for his office to at least in part comply. I think that that's better. However, if if this is televised and Krasner is questioned and he's he's saying that he wants to be, then I would watch for some fireworks back and forth between people like Representative Brown and Krasner, because Brown has, you know, uh, Representative Brown has said that he does not approve of a lot of what's going on. And you heard that in, in very graphic terms where he just said, this is not good enough. And he talked about more more realistic uh, approaches, more realistic policies. And one of those was that he told the story on the Zioli show that you have perps out there with an ankle bracelet on violent criminals who are put back onto our streets with a freaking ankle bracelet. And they're out shooting and, you know, perpetrating whatever you want to say. And the community is saying, really, are you kidding me? We've had enough with the pandemic, with everything that's happened and the crime going through the roof. And we see the same person over and over with the ankle bracelet allowed by Krasner's office to go back out on our streets and wreak havoc and fear. And people don't want it anymore. So I, perhaps the public, you know, the public reception to this is will convince Krasner that he needs to look within. Like the Michael Jackson song, you know, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Maybe Mr. Krasner needs to look at the man in the mirror. I'm just saying, you know, and I will talk about the fired Philadelphia police officer on trial for third degree murder. I'll talk about that as we are on verdict watch as the jury holds his fate in their hands. It could be an historic verdict for sure. But I want to end on a positive note, end this segment on a positive note, which is that Philadelphia has now welcomed a new class of officers who've just graduated. So listen in to this latest report. 72 rookies are now on the force. Congratulations to Class 396. And with that, Philly Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw welcomed the 72 new Philly police officers. The rookie officers are joining a force that is depleted of nearly 1,500 cops. You have leave and then vacancies on top of that. So, and then let's not forget, there's the normal attrition rates. Because of the staffing shortage and increase in violence, officers will have to work mandatory 12-hour shifts this weekend. We saw some upticks in violence, so we want to make sure that we have coverage. The new officers start Monday, and if the mandatory 12 hours extends to the following weekend, they too will be part of it. The graduating officers we spoke with say they're ready for it. I'm going to get all the sleep that I can. Um, I think it would be better for us, though. More man, more people on the street, um, more manpower. I think it would be good. I'm, I'm new and I'm ready to go. I, the 12-hour shifts aren't going to discourage me. New officer Caitlin McNesby is the daughter of Philly FOP President John McNesby. I'm proud. A little nervous, but uh, she's going to be fine. She worked hard. The whole class worked hard. As the police union boss, McNesby is hoping that the mandatory 12 hours doesn't last long. I understand there's a safety concern out there, but there's also a burnout concern for our officers. Outlaw says the department is conscious about the potential for burnout. We don't anticipate that this will be forever and ever and ever, uh, but it's something in the short term. Yeah, so we'll wait for that word. I don't have the official confirmation, but certainly... 
you know, congratulations to all the families, the McNesby family. And that's part of, I think what's amazing is that you have families for generations who are, and I know many of you are military families, for example, you take pride in that. The same goes with law enforcement. Families who say, yeah, my my grandfather was a Philadelphia officer and, you know, my dad and now the next generation upcoming. And so we love to see that those who protect and serve within families. You know, we speak about families and we think about home. There's no place like home, which is why I trust my home to my friends at Chapman Windows and Doors and Siding. They've been in the business nearly 30 years now. Two brothers, Mike and Mark Chapman started their business. The original location is uh, there in Westchester, and then the second location is on the main line in Wayne. But they're just great people, awesome people who are in the community. They know what they're doing, and they're just respectful and like-minded. So I appreciate that they sponsor me. And, you know, I I know that they've certainly been at many of the different Zioli Show events over the years. So maybe you've had a chance to meet the Chapmans. But They also have premium architecture shutters designed to last a lifetime. These are historically accurate shutters with just beautiful hardware options. A lifetime warranty for the shutters, including the Sherwin-Williams Polane UV reflective paint finish, maintenance-free, custom-designed and built to your exact specifications, or they can match your existing shutters, which is awesome, and they're not going to rot, sag, or warp. They have more than 26 standard colors. And then, of course, if you need custom color matching, Chapman can do that, too, all with a lifetime finish warranty. So for best-in-class shutters that combine a lifetime of beauty and technology, it's time for New Horizon Shutters, courtesy of Chapman Windows Doors. You can always find them at chapmanwindowsdoors.com. Make sure you tell them Dawn sent you. So at the funeral which is the longest funeral, I think, in our history. Queen Elizabeth II, her funeral, oh my goodness. Everybody's talking about the fashion faux pas of First Lady Jill Biden, who, of course, grew up in the Philadelphia area. And um, yeah, they're saying that she wore a, a big black ribbon in her hair. So I don't know, as an American, I'm, I'm torn on this one. You know, as an American, I kind of like the fact that she was a little bit rebellious and wore a very fashionable black sort of velvet bow in her hair instead of the hat, because ladies are supposed to wear a hat to the funeral. And so people were kind of ripping on on First Lady Jill Biden. And then as well, the Bidens getting criticized. Apparently, they showed up late. Again, part of me kind of kind of. In a in a way, I kind of like the Americans to be rebellious because, you know, we rebelled against the Brits. So I, I am one hand. I like that part. On the other hand, it's embarrassing that our United. I mean, let's face it. The president, the presidency of the United States of America, no matter who's president. Right. Most powerful man in the world. President Joe Biden. Do you do you agree with that? This is a powerful ally to the Brits, to the UK. And so why is our American president sitting in the fourth row at this funeral? I don't know. Maybe I'm being petty about it, but I just think, come on, come on, man, as he would say. But seriously, President Biden 
was actually seated and First Lady Jill Biden seated in the like 14 rows back. And this was not because they were late, by the way. Uh, That's not the case. There was a seating chart and they were seated behind the uh, Polish president, Duda, and and Mr. and Mrs. Duda, the, the Polish president and first lady, but in front of the Czech Republic's prime minister. I mean, give me a break. Now, what about, and I'll talk about Justin Trudeau and why he got booed. That's a real treat for you. But think about it. All the others were they had higher up in the pecking order, as they would say. Why? Because they're leaders of Commonwealth countries, and those countries still consider the UK monarch their head of state. So that was why they put, for example, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Uh, they were all given more prominent seating inside the Abbey than the American president, Joe Biden. What a bunch of baloney. I did see the former Trump, former President Trump had tweeted out, excuse me, excuse me, there's no way I would have sat in the 14th row. I mean, I'm just paraphrasing, but he did point that out. And he probably was thinking, and Melania would have worn a very fashionable hat. She would have looked, you know, he can't help himself. But, you know, it's it's just kind of, it's it's kind of embarrassing. By the way, the version of the beast uh, that in the presidential motorcade is this version that Biden was riding in uh, there in even in the UK actually was created under President Trump. So even though it looks like a Cadillac, it I had to look this up. It actually sits on a GMC Topkick, a truck platform. Okay, so it's actually a GMC, weighs more than 15,000 pounds, and it is... Um, we know it's bulletproof, um, fortified against gunfire explosions, and is outfitted with everything, including a blood supply in President Biden's blood type. Pretty cool. So that's what he that was his ride to the funeral. Everybody else took like a little trolley bus, all the world leaders. And I am thankful that at least our Secret Service put their foot down and said, uh, excuse me, President of the United States of America does not travel in a trolley bus. It's not happening. First of all, it would put them honestly in danger because what a target that would be. And a terrorist target. I hate to say it, but they have to think like that. So it actually kept them safe and keeps Biden safe, keeps our president safe. He can't travel in a trolley bus. It's absurd. Can you imagine the English? Oh, you to ride in the trolley bus. And, you know, was he going to be in the back of the bus? And then imagine if it were an African-American president, would they put him in the back of the bus? You see where I'm going with this? No, you can't have him on the trolley bus. Anyway, I digress. All right, let's talk about Trudeau. Why did he get booed by a London crowd? Oh, they're heckling Trudeau. Canada's Justin Trudeau. Listen in. Is that the, do we have something else? Oh, wait. So let me just tell you this really quick. We're not going to play him singing. Zioli played it. But Justin Trudeau was, went out for karaoke. You want to hear it really yeah, quick? Yeah, we should play it. It's a quick cut. And uh, if anybody missed it, like, they, right. they have to hear this. This is why they're booing him.
Okay. Do you get what he's singing? He's singing Bohemian Rhapsody, which, of course, is Queen's song, like Queen the Rock Group. But I guess it was this karaoke thing. that a karaoke, So he goes to a karaoke bar and sings a Queen song in honor of the Queen, who's 96 years old and has died. Ouch. That's why they were booing him. All right. Do we want it? Do we want to do Biden heckled or? Do, all right. So now what was the, the English? You get, these are the English created hecklers. Do you know what I'm saying? They're so the, the, oh, the first lady Jill Biden with the bow on her head. They, they just want to heckle everybody. Why? Listen to them heckle President Biden. Yes, you heard right. You got to love this. Come on. I mean, he's they're they're English in England chanting let's go Brandon, right? Was it let's go Brandon? Isn't yeah. that what they're saying? It's I like love never it. Never ending to it just keeps going. I love it. it. It's it's a hoot. And what was I didn't see I heard the audio is does Biden just sort of wave? He's still in the uh, beast at that point. Okay, so he's, he's waving, the... but I also question whether or not he can even <laughs> hear what they're chanting. He just sees people riled up, and I assume he thinks they're like excited to see him. But... Oh, look. They love me, man. <laughs> I like those kids at the swimming pool when I was a lifeguard in Wilmington, Delaware. And I want to feel the blonde hairs on my legs. Remember that whole thing that we used to play on the Zioli show? Oh, my goodness. It's insanity. Well, the insanity is going to continue up next uh, in our next hour. So I'm going to take you to we have so much happening. You'll hear the latest controversy regarding Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. Uh, you're going to hear from a police widow speaking out as well. Breaking news all over the place. But I do want to remind you that summer, it is a busy time of year for purchasing a new certified vehicle. And my friends from the Piazza Auto Group, seriously, they've got you covered. They're going to make it so easy. What a pleasure to do business with the Piazza family and the Piazza Auto Group. They've been in the community nearly 60 years, 14 brands, Honda, Acura, Mazda, Hyundai, Volkswagen, 25 area locations. They're going to have a dealership near you. Just check them out online, piazzaautogroup.com, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, piazzaautogroup.com. Please always let them know Dawn sent you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.